What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we'll discuss the latest on Lane Kiffin and the Auburn rumors with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Hopefully, you guys are having a good Thanksgiving uh, days off. But let's jump into a plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Nick Saban getting ready for the annual Iron Bowl happening this weekend. And he was in front of the podium this week praising Auburn interim uh, head coach Cadillac Williams. Saban said Williams has done very well in a situation that was not easy. Auburn 2-1 and one since Cadillac took over. Saban said, look, they're playing really well right now. I think you got to give Cadillac a lot of credit for that because it's not an easy situation he inherited relative to a changing of the guard right in the middle of the season. There were those who believe that Cadillac uh, performs well in this game. He should really be given a lot of consideration to take over as head coach. Of course, all those rumors out there regarding Lane Kiffin and the Auburn job. So we shall see. But back on the Alabama front, 17 Alabama seniors will be honored in Tuscaloosa ahead of senior day. Nick Saban praised his seniors saying, Look, we're honoring a group that's contributed ama- contributed amazingly well to this program, not only winning 46 games, a national championship, two SEC titles, but the class they've represented our university with. Among the notables that will be honored, Jordan Battle, Darian Dalcourt, DJ Dale, Emil Ekior, DeMarco Hellams, Cameron Latu, Henry Toa Toa, Byron Young, among others. So really big group for the Tide. Nick Saban also updated the status of several of his injured players. He said Eli Ricks, Jameer Gibbs, and Cameron Latu were all a full go at practice on Wednesday. He also said that Tyler Steen is back practicing from his ankle injury. So good news there on the injury front for Alabama. Lastly, uh, for Alabama, Kyrie Jackson announced on social media he is going to enter the transfer portal. Going into his senior senior season is not a grad transfer. but uh, Saban announced he has suspended him, uh, did not travel to Ole Miss, and was not seen at, at uh, Austin P game. Sorry, not verify that he's entering the transfer portal. Some believing that, but he's been uh, he was suspended. That's why he didn't travel uh, to Ole Miss and was not seen at the Austin P game. So uh, anyway, we'll see what happens with Kyrie Jackson uh, in his future there. But um, came in as a community college transfer and uh, see if he gets right with Alabama uh, over at Georgia. Kirby Smart is uh, got one of the best weapons in all of college football this year. Georgia tight end Brock Bowers getting a lot of hype. So far this season, he has 41 catches for 625 yards and four touchdowns. He averages over 15 yards per catch. According to Pro Football Focus, he leads all FBS tight ends in yards after the catch with a total of 345 yards. They will take on Georgia Tech on Saturday at 12 Eastern. 
at Sanford Stadium. Georgia still the number one team in the country. Over at Florida, Billy Napier talking with reporters on Wednesday ahead of their game against Florida State, updating the status of Ricky Parasol. Napier said, we anticipate Ricky being ready to go this weekend. That's good news for the Gators with uh, Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter, who are out with lower body injuries, along with Marcus Burke, who's also out. Uh, Parasol uh, himself was considered questionable with an upper body injury. Napier said, we've been in this situation in the past. Caleb Douglas has stepped up for us. Jaquavion Frazier's. Uh, we anticipate Ricky being ready, and Day-Day had a big day last week. It's a great opportunity. On defense, Florida's leading tackler, Rashad Torrance, is available. And uh, linebacker Ventrell Miller listed as a starter. He will miss the first half because of a targeting ejection. Over at AM, they're looking to finish their season on a high note if they could upset LSU this weekend, but uh, they will uh, had to make a difficult decision to postpone their student bonfire this year because of issues with the new site and weather conditions. It was set to be the first bonfire at a new location for the first time since 2009 after the previous location was sold to land developers. Uh, the student-led bonfire is no longer held on campus after that tragic 1999 collapse. Uh, the bonfire is put on by a nonprofit organization called Student Bonfire, but they said due to the conditions of the new stack site and forecasted weather, they are postponing the burn for this year. It's an incredibly hard decision and uh, in the best interest of everyone there. Over at Arkansas, they got an offensive lineman dealing with some legal issues. Fayetteville police arrested Arkansas O-lineman Jalen St. John on Tuesday, was released on bond on Wednesday, had a warrant out for his arrest uh, for, for more than 14 months and finally had the warrant issued. Uh, it was for an alleged theft that occurred back in March of 2021. He allegedly took a victim's cell phone without permission and used it to send himself $1,700 from her online bank account. St. John appeared in all 11 games this year after he entered the transfer portal ahead of the Outback Bowl last year, then returned to the team. Sam Pittman says we're aware of the charges against Jalen. He's been suspended indefinitely while we gather more information. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer still riding high after his big win over Tennessee last weekend. His offense quarter, Marcus Satterfield, talking with the media and said that he knew Spencer Rattler was in for a big game, uh, having six touchdown passes in the win over Tennessee. He said, quote, he was in the zone, played his ass off. You could tell two to three days before the game he was going to be running and roll. Satterfield also confirmed he went with a version of plays and uh, play calling like they had nothing to lose and just let it all hang out. And you could see it paid off for South Carolina. And lastly, Shane, or, uh, over at uh, Sirius XM, Dan Mullen and Rick Neuheisel talking about the Lane Kiffin rumors. And Dan Mullen asked his thoughts on if he thinks Kiffin is going to take the Auburn job. Mullen said, well, look, the message would come out if – you're reading his tweets, you're saying there's no way he's going to take that job. But Allen did go on to admit that Auburn has better resources than Ole Miss. But the question is, does Ole Miss have better resources than Mississippi State? He said Ole Miss has better resources in the state. Auburn doesn't have better resources than Alabama. Allen said that's who you're compared against on a daily basis. And everywhere you go, the grocery store to getting a haircut, to filling up the gas in your car, everywhere you go, that's what you're kind of judged on. So uh, we will see. Uh, if Lane Kiffin is indeed taking 
the Auburn job coming up next. We're going to talk about that with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. A reminder, with all the games going on this weekend, you want to get in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all these odds and trends for every game out there. It is all happening right there at BetOnline.net. they got football. They've even got basketball now that we're into college basketball underway. If you love all that, you can find it at BetOnline. It is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. And it is bet online. It is where the game starts. Make sure you bookmark it in your phone. It should be the first place you check every every day uh, before you go get in on any action. And again, they've got it all there for you: the lines, the win totals, the spreads, whatever you want. You can find it at bet online. Odds, news, and scores. Bet online where the game starts. Roll along here in one of our favorite segments of the week. Always catching up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. And Lynn, uh, welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, it's a little bittersweet that we're already here at the uh, the end of yet another SEC and college football season. Yep, absolutely. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago that you and I were together in Atlanta talking about what the season was going to be and uh, and that Thanksgiving. It, it, so, uh, <laughs> you know, time, time flies when you're having fun. Well, time does fly, and um, coaching rumors fly, and I want to jump into this with you. Uh, let's start with the latest rumblings on the Auburn coaching search. Uh, the Lane Kiffin rumors are out there. What What are you hearing on that front? Is this a real possibility of happening? Yeah, it it, it is. I uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give names, but uh, if this if this does not happen, uh, I'll be extremely shocked. Uh, I've got uh, got some got some folks. Uh, that are associated with Ole Miss and some folks that are associated with Auburn uh, that have told me that it's uh, extremely likely, even with some specifics of uh, of how it might transpire. Uh, I, I, but but you never want to, you know, uh, you know, you just never want to know. I mean, I think uh, Rich Rodriguez was going to Alabama, and uh, that <laughs> fell through. Uh, they ended up with Saban, and um, you know, and. Uh, you know, Coverville was not going to uh, to Auburn uh, from Ole Miss, and like 24 hours later, he's in Auburn signing a contract. <laughs> um, you know, you just you can't you can't trust what's going on. They think they have coach speak, and uh, and when you hear coach speak, you pretty well know that something might be might be going on. Um, it's my understanding that a the actual terms of a contract with uh, with Kiffin uh, have not been finalized. Uh, and as soon as I say that, you know, it'll, they'll announce in the next, before we get off the air that it's been finished. But that's my understanding that the details have not been finalized, but that, um, that something drastic would have to happen, uh, for that, for that not to take place. Uh, there, in fact, I'll say this, there's a, there's a show, uh, a radio show out of Oxford that's literally going on right now. And, uh, someone that's been listening to the show called me 15 minutes ago. And that that show is already talking about who who and it's out of Oxford. Already talking about who the coach is going to be next year <laughs> and which players may or may not leave Ole Miss. Wow. So so but here here's the thing. You know, Ole Miss could, could pop in there and give him fifteen million dollars today. Um, you know, something could something could crash on the other end. I mean, you know, you've been doing this long enough that you've seen a lot of things that looked like they were going to happen that uh, that didn't happen. Oh yeah, and, you, um, a year ago we yeah. were we were hearing the it was a done deal with Lincoln Riley to LSU, and then he ends up going to USC, and Brian Kelly goes to LSU. So these things yeah, and, always and who, change. 
Yeah, and who would have ever guessed that Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame to go anywhere? Right. Uh, much less go to LSU that was having a problem. And uh, so you just don't know. But if if I if my feet were pressed to the fire to guess what's going to happen, Kiffin will take the job at Auburn. I think the main question would be when does he do it? It's my understanding he met with his players uh, yesterday as a before the Egg Bowl meeting and told them that he had not yet uh, taken a job at any other school, that he was still the coach at Ole Miss, and they needed to look at it that way. Uh, that's, uh, that's not exactly a confirmation or denial, uh, but uh, he, that, that doesn't leave it unopened for him to, uh, you know, for him to make the move to, uh, to me. I, I, I think the question would be, do, do you go on and announce that he's going to take the job after the Egg Bowl and before the uh, Auburn-Alabama game? Uh, would it help, knowing that a big-name coach like that's going to be coming, would it help for him to go down to Auburn and talk to the team before uh, they leave to go to Tuscaloosa? Or would it be better, since Auburn's really been on the roll since the, you know, since the halftime break of the Mississippi State game, they've been a pretty good football team. And, um, and you know, do you want to uh, potentially mess up the uh, synergy there uh, by going in and interjecting another element uh, before before that ball game? Would it be better to wait till after the Auburn-Alabama game well, and, I, uh, and see, what, see what happens? I think of it this way, Lynn. You know, if, if Cadillac beats Auburn or beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, I feel like you're going to have even more people pushing for him to get that job. So why not – make the Kiffin news official before then to at least, you know, protect yourselves if you're Auburn because, man, there's already so many people in that fan base that love Cadillac and love what he's done so far. If he goes and beats Bryce Young in Alabama, there's going to be a lot of people clamoring for him to get that job. I think that's true. I think you're right. I, I know some Auburn people that want to get the job. I also know a lot of Auburn people that, that love Carnell. And um, I tell you, I know him. And he's. Uh, I can give some examples of, of – uh, some interaction that I've had with him that uh, that that shows what what a good guy he is, and uh, you've got to love his enthusiasm uh, and the, the the energy that he's brought. Um, I suspect that if the deal with Kiffin is is set up, I suspect it's not going to catch the Auburn coaches off guard. Uh, I suspect that that Carnell and the other coaches already know that. Um, I'll be very surprised if if Kiffin or anybody. Uh, you know, takes the job that's not Carnell. I'll be shocked if Carnell is not on the staff uh, in a responsible position, uh, possibly even put in charge of recruiting. Um, you know, I have no inside information, but I would say anybody that is not astute enough, not experienced enough in SEC football to know that, that Carnell Williams needs to be on that staff in a responsible position, then he's probably not a guy you want to offer the job to in the first place. And uh, since Kiffin now, if he goes to Auburn, will have been at Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn. He will have been at four SEC schools. Um, I would think he probably is wise enough to know what's going on. And, hey, there are some really good coaches on that staff. Ike Hilliard from Florida is receiver's coach. Uh, you don't get much better than him. Uh, you've got uh, two former All-SEC players from Auburn, uh, uh, Zach Etheridge with the uh, defensive backs and, um, and Jimmy Brumball. With the uh, with the defensive line that are on that coach, that are on that staff, and Kendall Simmons, uh, who has uh, I believe Kendall's got two uh, uh, Super Bowl rings, uh, was an All American at Auburn. He's the offensive line coach, so uh, I'm, I'm sure Kiffin or whoever would want to bring a lot of their own people with them. 
but there are some good coaches on that staff right now. And they've sort of been turned loose to do their job uh, in the last uh, you know, three weeks. And I don't mean that as, as a, a way to put Harson down. But uh, you've noticed a significant difference in the last uh, three ball games with the guys that I've just named being the coaching staff. Lynn, before we get into some of the games this weekend, you've covered the Auburn program a long time. Just your general thoughts on the fit. What do you what do you make of Lane Kiffin, the Auburn coach, if this does indeed happen? I, I think he could be a better fit than most people realize at a, at a place like Auburn. Um, and and I'll I'll acknowledge that my I've I've never uh, met Kiffin one on one. I mean, I've been in rooms where he was being interviewed, probably like you have. But I, but I don't, I don't know him. Uh, I knew what his image was, and his image was created in the early part of his career, both in professionally, where some uh, some programs had questionable things about him, and his personal uh, life, his personal situation, and uh, both of those um, created his reputation and his uh, uh, his uh, how people perceived him, and. He's acknowledged that, uh, but he also has has uh, has matured. Uh, he he uh, publicly put out a piece right before he left Florida Atlantic uh, to go to Ole Miss, where he sort of threw himself on his own sword and said uh, some of the the issues I've had, some of the perceptions I've had, have been my own fault. I'm not the same person I was uh, when I started my coaching career, and I, I hope I'm having a you know a more positive impact on players than I was at that time. If, if, in fact, that's sincere, and I have no reason to believe it's not, um, he might be a better fit at a conservative fan base like Auburn uh, than, than what your first thought might be. Continue our conversation with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. And, Lynn, let's get into some of the games happening this weekend. Uh, got a couple of games on Friday, so let's dive into those. Uh, Arkansas-Mizzou on Friday. To me, it's going to be fun, if nothing, for 5-6 and six Mizzou fighting for bowl eligibility. And Arkansas, they want to cap the season with a win. Sam Pittman going 7-5 and five sounds a whole lot better than 6-6. Six and six. Who do you like in this one? Well, I, I think Arkansas will win the game. If it was played at Arkansas, I'd definitely take Arkansas. Um, you know, Missouri Missouri's lost some close ball games. Um, they, they've won some as well. Um and, and their quarterback play has been better than, than what I think most people thought it was going to be. Uh, it would it would be a big help to the SEC if um, if Missouri could win, uh, if if Auburn could win, uh, and if Vanderbilt could win, because that would give another uh, uh, bowl eligible team or teams if those could happen. Uh, I think Arkansas will win the game. I think they're a better team overall. Uh, a Missouri win wouldn't shock me, but I, I'm going with Arkansas. Another one uh, happening on Friday, Billy Napier's first season at Florida. Kind of been a roller coaster. I mean, they crushed South Carolina two weeks ago, and then they go lose at Vandy last weekend. They go to Tallahassee to face Florida State on Friday night. There's another case of 7-5 and five would feel a whole lot better than 6-6 six and six in year one for Napier. Yeah, no, I agree. I like Florida State. Uh, I think Florida State's a better team. They're more consistent. Uh, they're, they're ranked. They finally squeaked back into the top 25. Uh, Florida State's been down for a while. And, um, you know, in the, in the latter years of, uh, of Bowden, um, you know, Jimbo had a couple of really good years there, and then it just kind of faded downhill. I think he got out while the get was good out of Tallahassee. And it's been a while since they've been up where they, you know, we're used to them being 15, 20 years ago. I think, uh, I think Florida State wins the game. 
LSU at four and seven. Texas A&M, obviously LSU, a much better team. But this is A&M Super Bowl. I mean, they're not going to a bowl game. It's been a rough season. I bet they'd feel a lot better about themselves and Jimbo Fisher if they could ruin LSU's season. Do the Aggies have any shot? I mean, they got a shot. I mean, you, you, uh, you, your understatement of the year was just made when you said that Texas A&M has been a rough year. Uh, that's like saying the, uh, the Titanic has a link in the boiler room. Uh, the, the, you know, the, there's no – when has – and I know we got a lot of A&M people in the audience, and I've got a close relationship with folks at Texas so I'm not trying to be ugly about it. Uh, but I, I, I've been I've been covering football games for, you know, for a good bit more than 50 years, and I don't remember the last time that a team with such high expectations had such low performance. We picked the number five in the country. They're not going to win five games. Uh, so uh, I, I don't remember. This absolutely would – it wouldn't make their year. Nothing can happen that would make their year. At least it would end it on a positive note. I don't see it happening. Uh, LSU is like several teams this weekend. They have to win, Chris, because Southern Cal, PCU, Clemson, uh, LSU, they have no wiggle room. If they lose another game, everyone I've named, if they lose another game, their chance of being in the uh, college football playoff is, is gone. Um, and, and LSU's the same way. That, you know, if they lose this ball game, they're still going to play, play Georgia, and they can still beat Georgia. But a, a, a two-loss LSU team has got to have everything fall just right to get to the college football playoff. A three-loss LSU team has no chance, even if they beat Georgia 50 to nothing. <laughs> so – uh, you know, LSU's a better team. They've got much more on the line. Uh, I, I can't see them losing. Uh, I think they'll win the game. South Carolina plays at Clemson, and Clemson's over a two-touchdown favorite. But this one looks a little bit different than we would have thought of it a week ago, Lynn, after Spencer Rattler had the game of not only his South Carolina career, but his entire college football career. His best game uh, in college that he's ever played putting up the six-touchdown performance against Tennessee last week. Um, you know, maybe it's overreacting to what we just saw last week, but, I mean, I think South Carolina's got a chance. Clemson's defense is very good, but, man, if they play like they did a week ago, they got a shot. I definitely think they got a shot. Oh, there's any question, they've got a shot. Um, I think Clemson will win, and I think Clemson will win for the same reason I said that uh, before about LSU, is that they have to win. Uh South Carolina's playing for pride and uh, to mess up uh, their in-state rival. Uh, Clemson's playing for a chance to go to the college football playoff. But in order to do that, they got to beat South Carolina, and then they got to turn around and win the championship game. So they still got two more games in which they, they're at jeopardy. The thing with South Carolina, they're the most inconsistent team in the country. Their defense is consistent. It gave up 38 points to Florida, and it gave up 38 points to Tennessee. The <laughs> problem is that in the Florida game, they got 38 points and scored six. In the Tennessee game, they gave up 38 points and scored 63. That's a 57-point difference in the offensive performance. Defense, defense did exactly the same. Um, so I don't, there's, there's no way to explain what happened in the Tennessee game. Uh, Hendon Hooker getting hurt had nothing to do with it. They were already behind by, like, you know, 20 points or something. When that, when that happened, um, that will – uh, we do a we do a Lindy's newsletter every week, and then we'll do a, a end of the year newsletter. And I'm the one that has to do those, and I choose the offensive player, the defensive player, the quote of the year, and the uh, upset of the year. 
Uh, I can't imagine anything is going to stop me from having South Carolina, a 22-and-a-half-point underdog who got massacred 38-6 to the week before, uh, beating Tennessee and putting up 63 points. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, I can't see Clemson losing at home. Yeah. So I think South Carolina is a dangerous team. If the South Carolina team that played Florida shows up, uh, it'll be a it'll be comical. Uh, if the one that played Tennessee shows up, uh, then this game could be a fourth quarter ball game, and and uh, Clemson people will be on the edge of their uh, edge of their seats. But I do take Clemson to win. Two more for you. I don't know if there's been a more fun story the last two weeks, Lynn, than the Vanderbilt Commodores. Clark Lee's got that team playing hard and believing. They beat Kentucky. They beat Florida. Now they've host Vanderbilt. Trying to get that sixth win and get to a bowl game, um, you know, hosting Tennessee without Hendon Hooker, uh, Joe Milton, I presume, is going to get the start for Tennessee. I, this is a winnable game now for Vandy. It is. It is a winnable game for Vandy, and 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 and, and for a lot of reasons, Vanderbilt is playing with confidence. Uh, they're having fun. Uh, a team with confidence uh, that's got the right mental attitude uh, is is often uh, turns out to be better than the more talented team. Uh, Tennessee may, I mean, Vanderbilt may be in this position. Wright, the quarterback, has been doing very well. Um, and they've been able to make plays when they had to, which they used to never do that. Tennessee, on the other hand, cannot be more crestfallen. They now have nothing to play for. Uh, you know, they, they can't play for the college football uh, playoff. Uh, and that, it's their own fault. Um, and, uh, you know, so they've got to be as emotionally down as Vanderbilt is emotionally up, and they're doing it without Hendon Hooker, who uh, now is not going to be in the finalist for the uh, Heisman Trophy. Um, they, uh, you know, he's not he's not going to be playing. You got Joe Milton, who has played before, and he's a talented quarterback, but he's going on the road uh, against his in-state rival in his first start. And um, again, I'm going to take Tennessee just because of the overall talent level at Tennessee, but. Uh, this absolutely is a game that would not shock me to see Vanderbilt win, uh, and the intangible factors go Vanderbilt's way. Last one for you, Lynn. The Iron Bowl is Saturday afternoon in Tuscaloosa. Um, again, this just feels like it, it's going to be the final home game for Will Anderson and, and Bryce Young at Bryant-Denny Stadium, and they want to go out there and shine. So, look, the, the Cadillac story has been great, and, and he's gotten these guys up and ready to play these last couple weeks, but it just feels to me like – Alabama's going to be a little bit too strong in this one. Well, I'll take Alabama to win the game. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of factors here, very similar to what I've been saying on some of these other games about, about the factors. Alabama's a good team, uh, but they're not playing for a championship. Uh, you know, they're not, they, didn't, they didn't win the West. They're not going to be in the college football playoff. You can make a case that they could be 10-0, 11-0. Uh, they very well could have beaten Tennessee, and they very well could have beaten LSU. They also could be six and five. They very well could have lost to, and probably should have lost to, uh, Texas, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. Uh, last play by Ole Miss was a pass to the end zone. If it's complete, Alabama loses. Uh, Texas A&M fans in the audience, this is the, this is the the worst Texas A&M team in a long time, and and they probably should have beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Had them on the ropes at the end. And Alabama came in at the end and, and beat Texas. We got Texas fans in the audience too. So Alabama could have won two more, but they could have lost three more. This could be a, an Alabama team with zero losses and an Alabama team with five losses. Very little difference between that. Uh, the Al- Alabama last year had the three great receivers. This year, they just don't have a game breaker. Uh, last year, they had defensive backs that, uh, 
were fantastic. Uh, this year, their defensive backfield does not have the, the big names of the talent, and uh, they've given up uh, long key drives uh, to multiple teams this year to have them in the position that they're in. Bryce Young's had a great year, but it's not been as good a year as, uh, as it was last year, and a lot of that's because he doesn't have the receiving core that he had last time, and the defense has been staying on the field longer and uh, not giving him as much time with the ball. Um, it's still a very good Alabama team. They're playing at home. Uh, and they remember last year. Uh, Auburn, with, uh, with possibly less talent, Alabama with much more talent, uh, with a minute left in the game, Auburn's ahead, and Alabama's never had the lead. And, uh, that you know, Auburn people will tell you if they call the safety in the end zone uh, when, when Auburn had punted them down to the two-yard line, that Auburn would have won the game 12-3. And, uh, and, and that's, you're not going to hear a different story. And so Alabama people remember that. Uh, the Carnell Williams story with the emotion that they've gotten here. Um, you know, I mean, Alabama's had, uh, had trouble with running quarterbacks. It's possible that Auburn can win the game. Uh, stranger things have happened in the Auburn-Alabama game, as you know. Uh, but, uh, and, and, and the coaching situation. You know, this could work very much in Auburn's favor, or it could look very work, work very much against Auburn. You don't know how that's going to go, and you don't know what's going to transpire in this uh, uh, lane kipping situation. Uh, and we've still got three days for it to transpire. They don't play till Saturday, so the the highs and the lows uh, emotionally that could come with that are a factor. But I will take Alabama to win the game. Uh, that's the that's the logical thing to do, and they probably will. But just like with just like with Vanderbilt, uh, don't be surprised if uh, if Auburn gives them a better game. I I don't I don't see this being a I don't see this being a 22-point uh, game with uh, South Carolina and Clemson. I don't see it being a 22-point game with uh, Auburn and Alabama, and I'm not sure that I see it being a 14-17-whatever-point to 17 whatever point game it is with Tennessee and Vanderbilt. I think you've got dangerous teams playing against supposedly better teams, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if at least one of those teams that we've been talking about in these three or four games, all of them aren't going to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of them did. He is Lynn Scarborough, of course, from Lindy Sports and LindySports.com. Lynn, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, and we'll talk to you next week for a conference championship weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I want to take 30 more seconds. I want to thank everybody in the audience that listens to this station and listens to this show and listens to the Lindy's Football Report on this network. Uh, we got a lot to be thankful for, Chris, uh, in this country, uh, and the freedom to do what we're doing right here is one of them. I want everybody in our audience to uh, have a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend, and let's talk next week. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Lynn. Appreciate it, man. Okay, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Lynn Scarborough there of Lindy Sports. Great stuff, as always, with him. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys very soon right here on Locked on SEC, covering the SEC every day.